This is Sid Roth saying, Shalom Mishpacha. Mishpacha is a Hebrew word. It means family. And we're the Mishpacha, the family with a Jewish heart. Welcome to today's edition of Messianic Vision and another appointment for you to be mentored to fulfill your destiny with one of our It's Supernatural guests. And now, here's your host for this program, It's Supernatural television producer, Donna Chavis. Thank you, Sid. I'm Donna Chavis, and this is Messianic Vision. Our very special guest today is Robert Henderson. Robert is a global apostolic leader. He also operates in revelation and impartation, and honestly, he is clearly one of the most gifted teachers I've ever known or ever worked with. Robert, thank you for being with us. Oh, it's a great honor to be with you. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Uh, It's going to be a real treat for our listeners today. Robert is going to be teaching us how to unlock our destinies from the courts of heaven. I know a lot of people teach on the courts of heaven, but as I said earlier, Robert is truly gifted, and I promise you this teaching is like no other. Robert, are you ready to get started? Yes, I am. Thank you. (laughs) Absolutely. Uh, Tell me, first of all, you teach about um, everyone having a book in heaven where our destinies are recorded. Tell me a little bit about that. Yes. uh, Psalms 139, verse 16 says that each one of us has a book, and it says that in those books God wrote our substance yet unformed, which is our DNA. Mm -hmm. It makes us who we are. Um, you know, what we like, what we don't like, what we gravitate to, what we, you know, pull away from, that kind of thing. And then he also said, and our, and our days yet in fashion, which means not only how long we'll live, but what we are supposed to accomplish mm-hmm. during those times uh, that has a kingdom purpose attached to it. And so all of us have one of those books that's been written in heaven uh, that God actually wrote, the Bible says, before time began. Um and so it, it's, it's quite amazing when we stop and think about that, that, that we came into the earth with a God-ordained destiny, mm, and yes. each one of us have an assignment that we are to fulfill within our lifetimes. Wow, that's exciting to even think about that. And I know we have our we have our book in heaven, which contains our destiny, and basically God's purpose and plan for our lives, and God's plan and intentions for our life were good plans, Right. Absolutely. Um, of course, according to Jeremiah twenty nine eleven, the Bible uh, says that the things, that he, the thoughts he thinks about us, they're good and not evil to give us a future and a hope. So, whatever is written in that book is a very, very good thing. Uh, I tell people that we must finish our and complete our destiny because God's purposes in the earth are connected to each one of us fulfilling our destiny. In other words. God has to have us get our destiny before his purposes can be done. Yes, yes. And you know what? I All that sounds so good, and it is so good. But obviously, with your book uh, called Unlocking Destinies, there's a bit of a problem somewhere that those destinies may be locked or denied or delayed. What's the problem? Well, if from my perspective of what I've seen, the enemy, the, the devil, uses curses uh, to stop us from getting our destiny. Uh, Of course, the Bible speaks a lot about curses, but curses are spiritual forces that are used by the devil to sabotage our success and our futures. In other words, he finds, again, from my perspective, legal rights to be able to land these curses that are against us. And so if we can discern what these things are, then we can move them out of the way so that we are then free to come into the destiny that God has for us. So you're saying the primary reason that our destinies would be delayed or denied or whatever could be the fact that these curses are finding legal right to land in our lives. Absolutely. Uh, According to Proverbs 26, verse 2, The scripture says that curses are like flying birds, swallows and sparrows that are looking for a place to land. Mm -hmm. And then it says this, a curse without a cause cannot land. And when it says a cause, to me the implication there is it's found something legal uh, in our life that has given this thing a, a purpose or a reason to be able to resist 
God's uh, purposes against us. For instance, when when Balak in Numbers 22 called Balaam to come and curse Israel, he he set him from into different angles and positions so he could look at the nation of Israel so he could find a right to be able to speak a curse against them. Mm-hmm. But the truth was God had blessed them so much that he couldn't find a legal right to be able to speak a curse against them. And, and But he was looking for one, and that's exactly what the devil does against us. He looks throughout our life to try to find something legal that he can use to be able to land a curse against us. So I, I see in your teaching that, that what gives him legal right in our lives to land are the three things that you mentioned, sin, transgression, and iniquity. Yes, absolutely. I, I take that from Psalms 32 and Psalms 51, where David talked about those three elements, and he repented for each one of them and asked for the, you know, the mercy of God to be seen over the sin, the transgression, and the iniquity. And, and of course, sin simply means both in the Hebrew and in mm-hmm. the Greek. It means, when you really search it out, just to miss the mark, to fall short of, of God's glory and what, and what God intended for us. Uh, transgression, this is quite interesting. It means to revolt or rebel against uh, God's authority. So transgression, is it can, it can be made manifest in a lot of different ways, but it's when we say, well, I really don't care what God thinks. I'm going to do this anyway. Mm-hmm. And the, the root of it is really rebellion. I mean, we may it may be lust. It may be anger. It may be any number of things that somebody would involve themselves in, but the real root of it is a disregard for God's law and, and a, a saying, I'm going to do what I want regardless of what God thinks, which at its core is rebellion, and that's what makes it a transgression. Uh, but then the third word is iniquity, which is the sins that are in the bloodline. Um, and this is, this, is the, this is the sticky one because we, we pretty much know our sin and our transgression. It's the, yeah. it's the iniquity that can be hid in our bloodline that is, that is giving the enemy a legal right to land curses against us. In fact, I believe most curses are connected to iniquities in the bloodline. Uh, and, and so we have to have the Holy Spirit be able to show us what these issues are so that we can repent of them, ask for God to forgive us, and, and to uh, forgive the iniquity. For instance, Daniel, Hezekiah, Nehemiah, all of these that were involved in bringing Israel out of captivity, uh, back into their land. They always began the process by repenting for their sin and the iniquity of their forefathers because they understood the iniquity of the forefathers was what had given the enemy a legal right yes. to take them captive in the pr- first place, and so it had given, which would be a curse. And so the they had to repent for that and ask in our vernacular, for the blood of Jesus, if you will, to cleanse that and to wash that so that that legal right of the devil was taken out of the way so that they could present day have the deliverance God wanted for them. Yes, yes, and and I see that there there are effects, of course, of iniquity in our lives, and you mentioned several of them that, that people may not even realize in their life that that is an effect of iniquity. What are some of those, Robert? Yeah, there's about four of them I've I've pinpointed, and the first one is it grants the devil the legal right to tempt us in a given area. Some people wonder why they are weak or drawn into a certain area, Uh, and it's because that I I can almost guarantee them it's because that iniquity is in their bloodline somewhere, and it is giving the enemy a legal right to therefore come and tempt them in the areas of lust, in the areas of anger, in the areas of depression, uh, even sickness and disease. Uh, come, We know this, come out of the bloodline, because even doctors recognize this whenever they want your medical history. Yes, so that yes. they can they can see, okay, what might be the propensities or, or something that you might have to deal with in your life. Uh, and so the enemy uses those things in our history and our ancestry as a legal right to come after us in given areas. And that's really, really uh, an important area because all of a sudden now I realize, okay, why I'm struggling with this thing mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and why I have a tendency toward this. 
and knowing how then to take the blood and not just deal with my present sin, but deal with the root of it or the legal right of it Mm -hmm. that the enemy is Mm -hmm. using against me. So when that iniquity is is broken, then we have the ability to say no to that temptation. So it completely completely changes. This is is one of the—you know, when sometimes when we talk about the sin nature, uh, which I believe is iniquity, that's where the— nature of sin comes from is out of the iniquity in the bloodline. Uh, uh, we, we, we say, well, if I didn't have a sin nature, uh, then there would be no temptation, but that's not true. See, Adam had no sin nature. God didn't create him with a sin nature, and yet he was tempted and fell. Well, we also know that Jesus was just like us, except he had no sin nature, because he was not he was not he was born of the spirit and so he had no bloodline that would grant a sin nature into his life and yet he was tempted and so the 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 sin nature or the temptation is not a sign that you have a sin nature because when we get born again by faith we we reckon ourselves dead to that okay but so so temptation is not a sign that we have a sin a sin nature uh, what I tell people is the inability to say no yes, to yeah. sin is the sign that there's a sin nature. So once iniquity is broken, once we take the blood of Jesus and break that, I then have the power to say no to the temptation. Yes, yes. And, and uh, another one that you mentioned, um, uh, one of the effects of it in our lives is it, it shapes our identity. That's big. That's huge. I, absolutely. And I saw this. For instance, I think one of the primary or one of the great examples of this, Isaiah chapter 6, where Isaiah um, is, he, he is in the glory of God, and he, and he says as he's in that glory, he says, Woe is me, for I am undone, for I'm a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. So he's, he's seeing his own sinfulness, uh, and the angels fly, the seraphim flies, takes a coal from the altar, touches his lip. And tells him he is, his iniquity is purged. Well, immediately Isaiah hears the voice of God and hears God saying, "Who will go for us and who can we send?" So that tells me that iniquity can be blocking our ability to hear. Mm-hmm. So the, because the moment that Isaiah is, his iniquity is cleansed, he hears God on a whole other level. But then he says this when he hears God saying, "Who will go for us?" He says. Here am I, send me. So here is the guy just a few moments earlier with iniquity in his life saying, I am so unworthy. And by the way, when he says, woe is me, he literally says, I'm so evil I should be destroyed. That's what he was actually saying. Hmm. But now this same guy, once the iniquity is purged, is saying, no, wait, I'm a prophet of God. I'll go for you. So his whole identity changes once the iniquity is purged. That is huge. That's huge to me. Absolutely, yeah. because we limit ourselves and think of ourselves so differently than the way God sees us, and it's iniquity that's making us think that way. Mm-hmm. So once that's broken, all of a sudden I'm free to think the way I should think and to come into the destiny God has for me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, exactly. And you had you had two other ones. You mentioned four real quick. Let's just say what those Absolutely. are real quick before we move on. Yeah, the other one is, the other two is it warps. God's original intent of what's written in the books of heaven about us. In other words, it detours us away from our destiny. Uh, and, and so, you know, again, there's a book in heaven about us. But what happens is, is that once, um, it, when iniquity is working, it, the enemy will use that in temptation to draw us off course away from what's written in our books. And so once iniquity is cleansed, mm-hmm. I'm able to keep my feet on the path that's written in the books. And then the the fourth one is it gives the devil the legal right to build cases against us. Uh, uh, again, the iniquity that's in the bloodline, the devil can say, okay, I can use this against him and accuse him uh, before the courts of heaven based on not just his sin but the sin of his forefathers. And that when, the, when we take that away by the blood of Jesus, then we're free to come into the destiny God has for us. Curses can't land. Yes, yes. Robert, you were talking about the bloodline, heredity, generations, that kind of thing. Uh, talk to us about the importance of the family. We're talking about generations, bloodline, passing down from one generation to the other. Tell me about the importance of the family. 
Oh, our natural families, in particular, but also even if you're adopted, uh, I always tell adopted people that they have actually two bloodlines they have to deal with. They have to deal with their biological bloodline, but then their the, the the covenant that's made in adoption. Uh, it also the enemy will try to exploit that legally as well. But family is very, very, very important. Uh, that that what's in our history uh, determines who we are. And you know, I'm I'm reading studies where that. Science is actually saying, for instance, I was in Germany, and for instance, they have proven that the that the trauma experienced by people's grandparents and even great grandparents in World War II, it has still has an emotional effect on their heritage today, uh, and they're proving this scientifically that within the DNA there is an emotional trauma that people who never experienced war yeah. still carry within their emotions today. Wow. Because what's in the bloodline has to be dealt with through the blood of Jesus so that we can reclaim our history and therefore secure our future because that's absolutely essential mm-hmm. to be able to reclaim our history to secure our future. You know, something that I wrote down about this topic when I was reading your book is um, – God intends to touch the earth through families, and that is primarily why Satan is seeking to stop this the generational blessing. Absolutely, because, see, um, you can see through Scripture where where that took place. Um, I, I think it was Rehoboam, whenever, when God took, when he split the kingdom, um, and the king that got, you know, ten of the tribes, what he did was, he, uh, because he was afraid they were going, the people were going to leave him and go back. Uh, he set up his own forms of worship and all this. And the Bible says it became the sin to his house for the purpose of exterminating it from the earth. And and I tell people that 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 the enemy wants he wants to do what he would like to do is exterminate your family line from existence because mm. God works through family lines. Right. But if he can't do that. He will settle for keeping that family line out of the purpose that's been written in the books of heaven about it. You know what? Oh, oh my goodness. Uh, This story that you tell about uh, something that was in your family line, you said stopping or, or delaying or denying your purpose and the earth, what God has for you. You had something in your family that was affecting you that would have literally, had it not been broken, would have literally stopped your ability to fulfill your destiny. Absolutely. I I grew up very, very timid and bashful. That's so hard to believe, Robert. I know. I, <laughs> I my, my wife, Mary, and I have been married now for, this year will be 40 years. But she still tells the story of when we were dating that I was so timid and so bashful, I wouldn't even speak to the waiter or waitress in the restaurant that we were in because she would she would have to order for me or <laughs> to come and refill my drink because I was so bashful and timid that I wouldn't speak to them. And when I, I began to look, it was in my family. My, my father was this way. My father was very timid, yes. very bashful. Uh, my oldest sister in particular, the oldest child in the family, she was very much this way. Uh, my mother used to talk about it, how that she would go pick her up from school, and she would be standing against the wall of the building all by herself, where, where everybody else was, was, uh, you know, interacting with each other. Mm-hmm. And and she was a very, and is a very, very beautiful girl and woman. And so it, it, there was nothing in the natural that would cause that. There was just a timidity and a bashfulness that was attached to our family line. Mm-hmm. And if that had and, not been broken. Robert, I mean, your calling, your destiny, your purpose, I feel like in this in this earth is to the body to preach and to teach. So that that would Absolutely. have never come that would have never come to pass. It would have the enemy would have used it to have kept me in the shadows mm-hmm. and kept me away from all of that. Mm-hmm. Well, we are and certainly glad that that didn't happen. So <laughs> I know everyone listening is uh, certainly glad that that did not happen. Well, we're going to take a quick break. Um, you're listening to Messianic Vision with our guest, Robert Henderson. Sid and I want to encourage you to get Robert's brand new book and exclusive four CD teaching series, Unlocking Destinies from the Courts of Heaven.
Robert has also included a bonus booklet for you called Accessing the Courts of Heaven. Now, I don't know about you, but I personally like the word booklet and what that means because it means it's something small, but it packs a punch. So you can carry it with you in your purse or your briefcase and just basically have it with you everywhere you go, which which I love things like that. Um, we've been learning about curses and how they can delay and deny our destinies. When we come back, Robert's going to teach us, number one, how to undo curses, and number two, how to unlock your destiny. We'll be right back. Have you ever prayed for a miracle, a healing, or a breakthrough for a long time? Binding and loosing, shouting out scriptures, yelling at the devil with no results. There is an answer. Robert Henderson received a revelation from the Lord concerning the courts of heaven that uncovers the way to have your prayers answered every time and quickly. The enemy, Satan, cannot stop you any longer from fulfilling your God-given destiny and purpose. Now Robert wants to share these supernatural keys with you. Call now and get Robert Henderson's brand new book and exclusive four-part audio CD curriculum, which includes eight messages, Unlocking Destinies from the Courts of Heaven, plus his bonus booklet, Accessing the Courts of Heaven, How to Position Yourself for Breakthrough Prayer. Yours for a donation of $39. Shipping and handling is included. Ask for offer number 9469. Each one of us has a destiny that's written down in heaven. The problem is, is that the devil has a legal case against us that wants to deny us that destiny. So we have to know how to go into the courts, deal with the legal issues, remove the curses so that we can have the fullness of destiny that God intends for us to have. Through Robert Henderson's brand new book, Unlocking Destinies from the Courts of Heaven, you will understand how to direct your prayers towards the courtrooms of heaven instead of the battlefield where the enemy is engaging you in warfare. Find out how to access God's heavenly books and watch your destiny begin to be fulfilled. Find out how to deal with the enemy of your soul, the accuser of the brethren. Every time you experience his attacks, begin to receive and act upon the power and authority granted to you by God in the courts of heaven. Learn the secrets to cleanse your bloodline from generational curses through his exclusive four-part audio CD curriculum, which includes eight powerful messages. You will discover what's written in your book of destiny. Begin to retrieve and unlock your heavenly book. Understand the keys to identify curses that block your healing, your breakthrough, and your miracle. Plus, receive his bonus booklet, Accessing the Courts of Heaven, How to Position Yourself for Breakthrough Prayer. You will understand the three dimensions of prayer. Discover the three keys to unlocking your breakthrough in the courts of heaven. Learn the six prophetic declarations that Jesus' blood makes on your behalf. Understand how to cancel the devil's accusations by releasing the supernatural power of your testimony. You can take this powerful booklet with you wherever you go. Women can put it in their pocketbooks. Men can put it in their pocket. This tool will change the whole course of your life. This tool will cause all heaven to rejoice. This tool will remove the blockages in your family, in your finances, in your job, in your hearing God. Don't miss out on getting Robert Henderson's brand new book and exclusive four-part audio CD curriculum, which includes eight messages, Unlocking Destinies from the Courts of Heaven, plus his bonus booklet, Accessing the Courts of Heaven, How to Position Yourself for Breakthrough Prayer. Yours for a donation of $39. Shipping and handling is included. Ask for offer number 9469. Call or you can send your to Sid Roth. It's Supernatural. P.O. Box 39222, Charlotte, North Carolina 28278. Please specify offer number 9469 or log on to SidRoth.org. Call or write today. Well, I'm back with my guest today, Robert Henderson. And Robert, I would like to start with something that I just found so fascinating. You did a parallel or a um, traits of curses versus what the real truth is. And I would love to just, if you could just uh, go through that quickly and let our listeners know, maybe these might be some traits that they're experiencing that they don't know what the real truth is. Uh, let's, let's talk about that just for a moment. Okay, yeah, because curses so often... We're, we're operating with a curse against us, and we don't recognize it as such. And so uh, the curse creates, first of all, a negative mindset and mentality. In other words, we think negatively about life in general, maybe, or even certain areas. And once it's broken, what happens is vision ignites and faith starts to rise. Uh, a second thing is there's no vision for life. 
In other words, I don't really have a passion yes. to live life from. And once that's dissolved, uh, the curse is dissolved. Revelation and destiny and purpose start to manifest. I start having understanding of what I'm really here for, and not just understanding, but a real passion to see my life mean what God intended for it to mean. Uh, another one is no prosperity, because I believe God's called us to prosperity and, and blessing. And when we deal with curses that break poverty off of us, or deal with, we, we are able to come into that place, and, and cur- the curse of lack becomes diminished, and blessing returns. Sickness is definitely a, a, an issue of a curse so often from the family line. And when we step into the courts of heaven, we can deal with any legal thing the enemy is using us that's not allowing us to be healed. Um, mental and emotional issues can be real uh, uh, signs of curses. Uh, and, and when we begin to deal with the curses that are legal against us and our bloodline, then those mental emotional issues can be began to clear up and then another one is is it allows or causes prayers not to be answered uh that we prayed and we prayed and we prayed and yet there's been seems to be no answer and sometimes it's because the enemy has a legal right to deny the answer and and so when we are able to take that legal right and remove that curse then god's free to answer those prayers I thought that was so powerful, just seeing the, the the difference between what we may be experiencing and not recognizing and what God's real truth is. So thank you for sharing that. Right before we went to break, we told people we were going to talk about undoing curses and how to unlock our destinies. Uh, you say that there is a major, major key to undoing curses. What is that? Well, I believe to recognize that they're they're operating against us. Um, and then, and that their source is a legal issue and not a warfare issue. Again, most of us, because of the way we've been taught, and I'm not saying it's wrong, but, but completely, but we have been taught that we approach things in the spirit realm more from a warfare, militaristic viewpoint, not realizing that the, that the spirit realm is legal in nature. For instance, when Jesus died on the cross, that was the greatest legal transaction of history. Uh, That's why he said, it is finished. What he meant by that was every legal mandate is now met for God's will to be done in the earth. But but we have to know how to take what he did on the cross and execute it or implement it into place from a legal perspective. And once we do that, we dissolve the legal right. Mm-hmm. of the devil mm-hmm. to operate and bring those curses. Mm-hmm. You said something about uh, tongues of judgment, like people's words can actually become judgment or sentences against their lives. Absolutely. Uh, I mean, I have experienced this. I used to I used to laugh when people would say negative and evil things about me, especially those that have had authority in my life or carry spiritual authority. Those are two very big issues. And I would laugh at it, and I tell people I did that until my life started falling to pieces. Mm. And then I began to realize that that people with authority, fathers, bosses, employees, husbands, uh, leaders of families, uh, and then not only people in authority over lives, but people who carry spiritual authority. I mean, ministries and different ones, if they, for whatever reason, began to speak evil concerning you, the enemy takes their words and brings them before the court of heaven and says, this one that has authority in their life or the one you have granted spiritual authority to, they say this about this about him or about her. And they use that, the enemy uses that to build a case to present in the courts of heaven, seeking a legal right for him to be able to bring curses against us. Mm-hmm. So I have learned to, to maintenance and to literally uh, on a on a regular basis undo words of judgment that any would have spoken against me uh, so that that my destiny and the purpose God has for me can't be hindered is that is could that be um, understood as what the the Bible refers to as as a weapon formed against you absolutely I, Isaiah 54 17. We probably all know it. It says, it's where God said, No weapon formed against you shall prosper, but every tongue that rises in judgment you shall condemn. 
in a sense, but this is the heritage of us as God's people and our righteousness, or I believe our right to stand before him in the courts um, is of him. And so so what we have to understand, that word when it says no weapon formed against shall prosper every time it rises in judgment, that word judgment literally means a verdict that is rendered. And so if I don't deal with the, with the words that mm-hmm. are against me, mm-hmm. those words can actually become a sentence for my life. And so I have to know how to go before him, condemn those words, and undo them so that they're broken off because those things want to detour me from my destiny. You know, something that I have always uh, enjoyed about this teaching, and I worked with you when you on uh, It's Supernatural uh, before, about a year ago, and when I, when I read about this, the teaching operating in the courts of heaven, the analogy that you make and the words that, um, that you use I think it's so it's so practical and easy for understand. I mean, you you were you use words like revoking, removing, accuser, and explaining all of those words and and just just the whole concept to me of the courts of heaven and us actually being able to enter into the courts of heaven and deal with these things. When we're taught that, I mean, it excited me. It ignited something inside of me that that I just had not heard before. Well, you know, what, what people tell me as they hear these teachings is that it's like a renewed hope comes into their life that they have a strategy put in their hand to know how to pray more effectively because most of us have been faithful to pray, and yet we haven't seen some of the breakthroughs that we believe we're supposed to have, that the Word says we're supposed to have. And so yes. so it's like all of a sudden there's like a fresh breath that comes that people say, well, wait, here's – Here's a missing piece that I didn't know about, and that if I'll begin to apply that, I can actually see some breakthrough come. Because for me personally, when I learned that everything is legal in the spirit realm, and I began to see that the mm-hmm. Word of God backed that up. Uh, for instance, out of Revelation 12, verses 10 and 11, when, when it says – when the Bible talks about the accuser of the brethren, that's accusing us before God day and night. And that word accuser is the Greek word katagoras. And it literally means one who is a complainant at law or in a judicial system. In other words, he's not just – see, we've usually taken that word in Revelation 12, verse 10, where the accuser of the brother, and we think it's talking about someone in the natural life that's, that's speaking bad about me. Well, that can be a depiction of something that's happening in the spirit realm, but really it's not talking about the one who is bringing – saying something bad about me in the natural because we're not in law we're not in a court in that situation yes the accuser of the brethren is the one that's in that's having access to bring an accusation against us before god and he is saying because of this that i have against them they have no right to inherit the destiny i have for them and so we have to know how to take according to revelation 12 11 the blood of the lamb the word of our testimony and not loving our lives in the death, to silence that accusation legally so that we can have the destiny that's in our books and that Jesus died for us to have. Wow, that is so exciting to me. Um, you know, we, we get some wonderful ministers like you are here at It's Supernatural and Messianic Vision. But for everyone listening out there who may not be a minister, who may not consider themselves an intercessor, who may not think that they're a great prayer warrior or very strong in the Lord, we're not talking about the struggle and, and the, the battle here as much as we are approaching, understanding and knowing what our legal rights are and how to bring that to God in his courts of heaven. Absolutely. And, and I believe, and I'm just growing in this like everybody else, but I believe that that the position that Jesus gave us in the spirit realm and in the courts by his sacrifice on the cross and his resurrection, if we could just understand that, then we would, with, with boldness, begin to make our petitions even legally before God. For instance, just to throw this in, in Hebrews 12, verses 23 to 24, the Bible lists the places we have come to in the Spirit. It says, we have come to Mount Zion, to the city of the living God, to an, to an innumerable company of angels. It talks about all the places we have come to. And I tell people, we have a problem in the church. We keep trying to get places we've already come to. And if we, by faith 
could say, wait, I am seated with him in heavenly places. These are the places I have come to. That all of a sudden I have a boldness to make my request. And I say, Lord, I just want everything you did for me on the cross. I wanted to answer every legal issue against me so that I can have the destiny that God has ordained for me to have. That's been written in the books of heaven. That is amazing. I just, I love that so much. I want to switch gears here just for a moment because I found this so interesting. We have just had one of the most notable, I'll use the word notable because it's a polite word, (laughs) presidential elections in history. Uh, You have a story about that that actually relates to the courts of heaven. Absolutely. Um, Of course, I'm just like everybody else and was very, very concerned about the destiny of our nation yes, and what God, because see, our nation has a book in heaven. See, not only do we as individuals have books, but according to the scripture, nations also have books in heaven about their destiny that God ordained for them. Um, and you can find that in Revelation 10, where that a book was put into John so he could prophesy to nations because the destiny of nations was in that book. And so our nation has a destiny, and so I was real concerned about the election. And but I was in Germany in in of Latin, uh, March of last year, 2016, and I have a dream. And in the dream, this is whenever there's still multiple candidates on the Republican side, you know, going after who will be the the candidate in the primary. Yes. And in my dream, Donald Trump calls me on the phone and says, "I need for you to do a conference on July the sixth to shift things concerning the election. And and um, so I wake up and I tell my wife who was with me, I said, Donald Trump called me last night. <laughs> and long story short, we began to investigate July the 6th because I knew God was literally saying, I want you to do this conference. So the truth was we, we investigated July the 6th, found out it was on a Wednesday for that year. And I thought, well, that won't work doing a conference like I was thinking about doing, and so. But then I googled July six and found out that July six, I believe, eighteen fifty four, that was the birth date of the Republican Party, and God spoke to me and said, "I want to reclaim the Republican Party for my purposes in the earth," and so we d- did the conference, and the Lord enabled us to step into the courts of heaven over a three-day period and began to shift things in the atmosphere for the election that was coming up. And, of course, we all know the results of it now. Yes. But God allowed us to have the privilege to come together for that purposes and deal with any legal thing that the enemy could have been using to try to stop the purpose of God uh, as it related to the destiny of America. Yes. Wow. Uh, you know, I know we're talking about the courts of heaven, uh, but also the prophetic and that the dream that you just described, I believe, had a prophetic aspect to that, you know, calling you to prayer and to this conference and to intercede. But um, you talk about the prophetic in the courts of heaven. Explain that to us. Well, I think operating in the prophetic is very critical. I this is I have never considered myself an overly prophetic person. I'm prophetic in nature, but what I found was I was I was actually eliminating or disqualifying myself from realms of the prophetic that God wanted me to function in uh, by by my accepting the fact. Well, that's not just not really who I am, and so I began to ask the Lord. I said, "Please, Lord, would you just open up these new realms of the prophetic to me?" I mean, I've always had dreams. I've always heard the voice of God through scriptures. I've always heard you know felt it in my spirit. But then God started opening up the seeing realm and and even other realms, and um, it's been quite amazing for that to happen for me because I'm learning more and more how to function there. But I think it's and – and the thing that drove that was it's – to me, it's critical to function in the courts of heaven. Of course, I know that people are out there that are going to say, well, you know, I'm not really prophetic, and I – I would say to them, yes, you are. You just haven't you just haven't recognized it yet. And that if you'll begin to ask the Lord, He'll begin to unveil um, realms of the prophetic where we can function. Uh, for instance, Jesus said in John five nineteen, uh, uh, whenever they asked Him how He healed the, the 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 man, He said He said, I only do what I see my Father do. So seeing or perceiving in the spirit. 
was critical to Jesus being able to to bring it and manifest it in the natural. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so being able to see, for instance, into the courts of heaven, if you will, uh, being able to perceive what's going on there, uh, I think is 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 very very uh, important. Um, maybe I could just share what I found is there's at least three different dimensions of the prophetic as it relates to the court of heaven. Uh, the one one is Isaiah chapter 43 verse 26 where it says it says put me in remembrance let us contend together state your case that you may be acquitted well it says put me in remembrance and what god's actually saying there is tell me what i wrote in in your book about you present your case before me out of out of your book and so you can't present your case out of your book if you don't have a prophetic sense of what's in your book Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. you have you have to have the prophetic to function there the second one is Revelation 19 and verse 10, where John's having an encounter with a heavenly being, and he says to him, the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. So it doesn't say the testimony about Jesus. It says of Jesus. So whatever Jesus is presently as our high priest, which is a legal position, what he is testifying before the courts of heaven, that becomes a spirit of prophecy mm-hmm. in the mouth of the church. Because God has to have an agreeing of testimony before he can render judge, uh, render verdicts. Uh, in Deuteronomy 19, God's standard was only by the mouth of two or three witnesses could a verdict be rendered. So Jesus is releasing one witness, but that witness becomes a testimony or a prophecy in our mouth so that when we prophesy, we're not just giving information in the earth. We're actually releasing corroborating witness in the courts of heaven agreeing with what Jesus is saying. That's, that gives God the legal right to render verdicts. That's pretty exciting, and I, I do like the fact that you say, you know, you talk about different levels of um, of the prophetic, and people, you know, some people hear things or see things or feel things. But you said, Robert, now I'm going to remind you of this, you said that everyone has some ability in the prophetic. So I think that's pretty exciting for me anyway. And I pro- believe that. Yeah, probably for those listening as well, those that are maybe not a minister or a prophet or whatever, but to know you have some ability in the prophetic. And as we, as we learn and as we seek that, then I think that will increase. Absolutely. That, that, that's what's happened to me. I've always been, again, prophetic by nature, but not as strong as you know, some of the people I've been around in gifting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I just said, Lord, I, in fact, the Lord challenged me. He said, quit saying you don't have this gifting because your own words are nullifying them. And so I just had to repent, and I, had, and I said, Lord, I just ask you, I want to see, I want to hear. I want, to, I want to taste, I want to smell, I want to feel, because I believe that the five senses that we have in the natural, there are, there are five senses uh, in the spirit as well uh, that, that, we, that we can function in, that we can pick up and discern what's happening in the spirit realm so we can come into an agreement with it. Because if you can't sense prophetically or you mm-hmm. don't sense mm-hmm. prophetically what's going on in the spirit realm, it's very difficult to agree with it. And agreeing with it is absolutely essential to seeing something manifest mm-hmm. in the earth. Mm-hmm. Robert, we're going to go to break in just a moment. I just, uh, I kind of feel or sense that that maybe you should just take this moment and pray instead of waiting until the end of the program and sure. pray for those that are listening that um, they might be activated as they seek this a little more. Amen. Well, Father, I want to pray for all those that are listening to this that they have a heart to move into this dimension, this third realm of prayer, which is before the judge coming into the court of heaven. And, Lord, we just want to say we need your help. Your word promises, according to Romans eight twenty six, that if in our weakness and our infirmity that you will help us, that we might be able to pray effectively. And part of that help is us prophetically sensing what you're saying and what's going on in the heavenly realm. Lord, we just want to ask for the blinders to be taken off, for, for the, the, the stopping stoppage of hearing to be removed. We want to pray that we could feel, that we could sense, that we could smell in the Spirit, that we could uh, taste in the Spirit, Lord. Lord, that, that all of our senses, our spiritual senses, would be activated 
that we might be able to hear and to know and to sense who you are and what you're doing. Because, Lord, our passion is to agree with you. Lord, we want to agree with you to see your kingdom come on earth and your will to be done, to see the breakthrough that each person and each family needs, that it would become a reality. So, Lord, we thank you for it. I pray right now and decree an energizing of prophetic abilities and an activation of them into our life, and that no longer will we say we can't or we don't, but we will begin to declare that we are your sheep and we hear your voice. And I decree this into place, Lord, so that the prophetic dimensions are activated even now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I agree with that. Well, once again, we're talking with Robert Henderson. And at the end of this program, we're going to give you an opportunity to get Robert's brand new book and exclusive four CD teaching series called Unlocking Destinies from the Courts of Heaven. We're also including as a bonus Robert's booklet, Accessing the Courts of Heaven. Well, right after this break, Robert is going to zero in a little on getting the books open protocols for unlocking your destiny and how to present your case in the courts of heaven. I know you don't want to miss it. Stay with us. Have you ever prayed for a miracle, a healing, or a breakthrough for a long time? Binding and loosing, shouting out scriptures, yelling at the devil with no results. There is an answer. Robert Henderson received a revelation from the Lord concerning the courts of heaven that uncovers the way to have your prayers answered every time and quickly. The enemy, Satan, cannot stop you any longer from fulfilling your God-given destiny and purpose. Now, Robert wants to share these supernatural keys with you. Call now and get Robert Henderson's brand new book and exclusive four-part audio CD curriculum, which includes eight messages, Unlocking Destinies from the Courts of Heaven, plus his bonus booklet, Accessing the Courts of Heaven, How to Position Yourself for Breakthrough Prayer. Yours for a donation of $39. Shipping and handling is included. Ask for offer number 9469. Each one of us has a destiny that's written down in heaven. The problem is, is that the devil has a legal case against us that wants to deny us that destiny. So we have to know how to go into the courts, deal with the legal issues, remove the curses so that we can have the fullness of destiny that God intends for us to have. Through Robert Henderson's brand new book, Unlocking Destinies from the Courts of Heaven, you will understand how to direct your prayers towards the courtrooms of heaven instead of the battlefield where the enemy is engaging you in warfare. Find out how to access God's heavenly books and watch your destiny begin to be fulfilled. Find out how to deal with the enemy of your soul, the accuser of the brethren. Every time you experience his attacks, begin to receive and act upon the power and authority granted to you by God in the courts of heaven. Learn the secrets to cleanse your bloodline from generational curses through his exclusive four-part audio CD curriculum, which includes eight powerful messages. You will discover what's written in your book of destiny. Begin to retrieve and unlock your heavenly book. Understand the keys to identify curses that block your healing, your breakthrough, and your miracle. Plus, receive his bonus booklet, Accessing the Courts of Heaven, How to Position Yourself for Breakthrough Prayer. You will understand the three dimensions of prayer. Discover the three keys to unlocking your breakthrough in the courts of heaven. Learn the six prophetic declarations that Jesus' blood makes on your behalf. Understand how to cancel the devil's accusations by releasing the supernatural power of your testimony. You can take this powerful booklet with you wherever you go. Women can put it in their pocketbooks. Men can put it in their pocket. This tool will change the whole course of your life. This tool will cause all heaven to rejoice. This tool will remove the blockages in your family, in your finances, in your job, in your hearing God. Don't miss out on getting Robert Henderson's brand new book and exclusive four-part audio CD curriculum, which includes eight messages, Unlocking Destinies from the Courts of Heaven, plus his bonus booklet, Accessing the Courts of Heaven, How to Position Yourself for Breakthrough Prayer. Yours for a donation of $39. Shipping and handling is included. Ask for offer number 9469. Call or you can send your check to Sid Roth. It's Supernatural. P.O. Box 39222, Charlotte, North Carolina, 28278. Please specify offer number 9469 or log on to SidRoth.org. Call or write today. 
Well, we're back with our guest today, Robert Henderson, and I know if you've been listening today, uh, Robert prayed such a powerful and anointed prayer for the prophetic to be activated in your life um, right before we went to break. And Robert, I just, oh my goodness, that, that really stirred me. And for those listening out there, what can they expect from that? Well, since we've activated the prophetic and we by faith receive that, According to Hebrews 12, 22 through 24, which I mentioned earlier, which the Bible says all the places we have come to in the Spirit. You know, we've come to Mount Zion, to the city of the living God, heavenly Jerusalem, innumerable company of angels, um, God the judge of all. The Bible says that I believe that that is a description of where we're seated. Ephesians 2, 6 says we're seated together with him in heavenly places. Now Hebrews 12, 22 through 24 tells us where we're seated or where we have come to. So when you read that, you suddenly realize, wow, look at all the spiritual activity we've been seated in the midst of and that we're a part of. So what that means is that as the prophetic is unlocked, it may not be just that we hear a word from God. We may actually encounter angels. We may encounter some of the cloud of witnesses, even though some people have a trouble with that, but it says, it says we've come to the spirits of just men made perfect. We may encounter the blood that speaks. We may encounter God, the judge of all, the mediator of the new covenant, which is Jesus himself. See, in other words, all these activities that we are, we are seated in the midst of, we obviously in the spirit realm have the potential of interacting with and of, of, of connecting with and of encountering. And uh, and it's that's that's a really exciting thing because all of a sudden we're no longer bound by just the natural. Now we're actually able to expect to experience some things in the spirit where we've been seated. Yes, yes. Well, right before we went to break, I said uh, Robert's going to talk to us about getting the books open. Robert, how does that happen? Well, of course, the Bible when the Bible talks about books, you see them both open and closed. And in Daniel 7.10, the latter part, it says, and the court was seated, which is what we're talking about, and the books were open. Well, that's books of destiny. So obviously they were closed, but then they were open. And so uh, you can possess your book, but it can not be open. And just three real basic quick things to opening your book is true worship, because anybody has been in a – worship service, when we're really worshiping the Lord and encountering His presence, what happens? The prophetic starts to unlock. That's because books are opening, um, and, and we're begin, beginning to have understanding in the spirit realm because books are opening as a result of our worship. Um, uh, some books open because it's time for them to be full, fulfilled. So when I start having revelation about portions of my destiny, that's because we're on the verge of them being fulfilled. So sometimes books don't open until their time. And then another thing that opens books uh, can be uh, intercession and weeping. Uh, in Revelation chapter five, verses two to five, God, uh, John is showed a book, shown a book that was shot. It was sealed, but his tears mixed with the finished work of Jesus actually caused that book to open. And that book was critical to historic things happening in the earth taking place, and so it had to be open. And John, as an apostle, began to weep in intercession, and I believe that intercession and weeping, and those that carry intercessory gifts, that they're critical to opening books that are necessary for God's will to be done in the earth. Wow, that's good. What about protocols for unlocking destinies from the courts of heaven? Is there, is there a protocol? Is there a proper way to do it? Absolutely. You know, I, t I tell people, you know, of course, what I teach out of the book of Luke, whenever Jesus' disciples said, teach us to pray, he's in Luke 11 and Luke 18 said that prayer was in three dimensions, approaching God as father, approaching him as friend, and approaching him as judge. And I tell people, you know, really approaching our father, there's no real protocol involved. We, My kids approach me, there's not there's not any <laughs> protocol as their dad. Um Really approaching people as someone as friend. There's not a whole lot of protocol, if any, because you're familiar, you're you're comfortable. But when you come before a judge, we have to know as we walk into court system that there's protocol uh, that's involved. And I believe that coming before the judge, we, that we should come humbly, we should come in reverence, 
uh, for instance, if you walk into a natural courtroom, uh, when you walk into that courtroom, number one, you walk there because you, you're, you're scheduled to be there. And so I actually tell people, I say, you know, I think it's appropriate when we're, when we're coming before the judge to just say to him, Lord, we just reverence you, we honor you, and we're asking, would you just let the court of heaven open for me? Now, I was told this by some people that at first I resisted the idea, but then I began to practice that, and I was amazed at the change in atmosphere when I would ask God mm-hmm. to open the courts and grant me entrance. It's very similar to the king extending the scepter to Esther and letting her come in so that, that she didn't just walk in. He invited her in, and so God's more than willing for us to come, but I found that when we treat him with great reverence and the fear of the Lord, and we come and say, Lord, we just really want to come before your courts, that it's amazing the atmosphere that changes, and all of a sudden we're in the court and able to begin to present our cases there. You know, even Moses, Moses, you were talking about this in your in your teaching. He had a certain way that he approached God. He had a certain way that he presented his case. Yes, that was that was a great revelation to me because you know, God in Exodus thirty two, verses ten through fourteen is saying, telling Moses, I've had it with Israel. I'm gonna <laughs> wipe them out. And Moses comes and intercedes before God and he never he never um, approaches God on the basis of the need of Israel. He approaches God on the basis of God's purpose, God's reputation, and that God's a covenant-keeping God. And he says, he says, you know, you need to remember your purposes are in his people. You need to remember that if you don't bring them into the land, then they're going to say you were you could bring them out, but you couldn't bring them in, and your reputation will be ruined. And if you destroy them, then you'll be exposed or presented as God that doesn't keep his word. And so when Moses presented this to God on the basis of God's purpose in Israel, God gave Moses a verdict that allowed Israel you know, to be maintained and, and uh, to, to move into the purposes that God had originally spoken concerning them. And I saw from that that we really, really need to know how not just to come before the courts on the basis of our need, but to come before the courts on the basis of God's purpose or what he wrote in the book about us. And I think that's critical to getting answers out of heaven so often. So that's an outline that we can follow, too. Absolutely. Absolutely. I believe that that the more – this is what I tell people. I say, for instance, if you're praying for your children, and I just use this in a generic way. Let's say you have a child that's on drugs. All of a sudden, I'm, I'm not saying, oh, God, please deliver my kid from drugs. Well, no, now I'm saying, Lord, if you don't deliver this kid from these drugs, Lord, your purpose that you wrote about him is going to be lost. And I'm asking right now in Jesus' name and before your courts that your purpose in this child's will, life will be fulfilled that they will do what you have promised and and declare they should do, and based on that, that the power of these drugs will be broken, and they come to deliverance so they can fulfill your purpose in the earth. All of a sudden, you're putting God's interest into the situation. You're still asking for the same thing, but you're asking it on the basis of purpose, not just need. Right, right, and this is the plan that God had already purposed for this person or for this nation, or for whatever situation that that we're facing. I just love that. So uh, take a lesson from Moses, right? (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) Robert, we've been talking about the courts of heaven, unlocking things in the courts of heaven, taking things to the courts of heaven, uh, uh, deal with it in the courts of heaven. For those that may not be real clear on what you mean by that, will you just explain to us just for a moment exactly what does that mean when you say, take it to the courts of heaven or deal with it in the courts of heaven? Yeah, you know, that, that's a really good question because sometimes people think, oh, well, we have to go into a trance. <laughs> we have yeah. to be taken out of our yeah. body and taken to heaven like other people maybe have experienced. And, and I say no to all of that. I say that's wonderful if that happens. That can be powerful. I know people that have had such experiences. But for me, for what I do, when I say I'm going to deal with it in the courts, I'm talking about by faith, I just say, Lord, I just want to come into your courts. And and I, by faith, just position 
and consider myself coming into that realm and before him. It's not it's not like I'm in a trance. It's not like I don't have my faculties about me or anything of that nature. I just say, Lord, by faith, I'm just coming before you, and I want to present myself in the courts of heaven. And at the same time, what I'm doing is I'm being I'm trying to be sensitive to what I'm feeling, uh, be aware of what I'm hearing, maybe be and be aware of what I might be seeing in my mind's eye, if you will, because mm-hmm. the trans, the visions I have are not you know uh, open visions where time is suspended or anything like that. I'm still very aware of that. But but I'm also aware of anything that I might be seeing or feeling or sensing or hearing, and then I'm adjusting my prayers based on that uh, as I'm before the courts of heaven. So it, it's a it's it's something for me personally that's been very effective. But I'm honoring God as judge, and I'm just coming with all my faculties, if you will, mm-hmm. before yes. the courts to present cases. Yes. And that's here again. That's exciting to me because I'm I'm not a minister or a prophet or anything. And and it you're saying that anyone can learn to position themselves by faith in the courts of heaven, and learn how to approach God with with Absolutely. the yeah with the legal rights that we have. That is extremely exciting to me. Yes, because because once you understand that the spirit realm is legal. Then okay, now I know. I even know more how to how to function it, how to approach God in it, and that's what it, that's what this understanding has, has granted to me. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And and it's amazing how the Spirit comes because because we are operating in truth. The Spirit comes and confirms that and helps helps our prayers in those times. You know what? When you and I were talking on the phone, um, you told me something that you believed that this is the year of the fulfillment of prophetic destinies. Uh, will you talk to the folks listening to us today about that? Yes, I believe. You know, in, as the years usually approach, you know, the new years come uh, on our on our calendars. We most, you know, we're, we're, we we want to hear what God's saying, and the Lord really. This year just spoke to me, and he just said that this 2017 is the year of the fulfillment of prophetic destiny, uh, that things that have lingered and things that haven't happened in times gone by, that this is the year for them to become reality. And I really believe that God has, has said for that to happen. And I, of course, I believe the courts of heaven is connected to that. That okay, we're functioning there. We are removing legal rights the enemy has used to resist us up till now. But I feel like that we are now, as individuals, as families, uh, as as a nation, that we are shifting into a fulfillment of purposes that we've been contending for for perhaps a long time. But now it's like we're stepping across the threshold. Into into those prophetic yes, fulfillments. Yes, yes, and you know what? Before I let you go, just while you were talking about that, I I definitely I want for you to pray for those listening one more time. And in your teachings, and I know in your conferences, and when you speak to people, you ask, you know, uh, how many don't know what your destiny is, or how many know what it is, but but feel like something is resisting or something is blocking it, or even how many uh, feel like you know what it is, but you will never be able to reach it. So would you take a moment before we leave uh, today, Robert, and just pray for those people? Yes. Thank you, Lord. Father, I just want to so thank you for all that are listening, that you have created a book that's so true, that you have created a book for each one of us, Lord, And that our destinies are written in it. And even for all of those that feel like that their life is just full of futility and vexation and all these things, I pray a revelation that there's a book in heaven with their destiny and with the destiny of their family and and of all, Lord, that they are supposed to accomplish. Lord, um, I just want to thank you. I just see a housewife uh, that that is just frazzled and at wit's end. And God wants you to know that the futility of the days you're in, God wants you to understand in the midst of them, there's a book of heaven about you and about those children that you take care yes. of every day. And so, Father, for this one and for many others, I just want to say fulfillment of destiny. I pray the books start to open so that revelation can begin to come, Lord, 
of what our lives were meant for and what we are to be all about, that life is not hopeless and vain, but is full of destiny and purpose, Lord. And I declare, Lord, that there is a reclaiming of history and a securing of futures, Lord, that is released even now for all of these that are listening that would hear this in the days to come. And I bless them with your presence, and I bless them with your life. And I say that there will be no sickness and there will be no disease. There will be prosperity and there will be blessing. There will be harmony in the homes. Marriages will be healed and made well. And destinies will be secured, not just as individuals, but also as families. And I thank you, Lord, that you will do this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, I want to give a huge, huge thank you to my guest today, Robert Henderson. I'm Donna Chavis, and you've been listening to Messianic Vision. And now, here's Sid to tell you how you can get Robert's brand new book and exclusive four-CD teaching series, Unlocking Destinies from the Courts of Heaven. Sid? I am so excited to get Robert Henderson's brand new book and his exclusive four-CD teaching series, Unlocking Destinies from the Courts of Heaven. You'll also receive Robert's booklet, Accessing the Courts of Heaven. Robert offers a prophetic strategy that will show you how to dissolve the delays and hindrances to your destiny. So order Unlocking Destinies from the Courts of Heaven and Accessing the Courts of Heaven for an investment of 39 U.S. dollars. To order, call 1-800-447-2697. That's 1-800-447-2697. Or go to our website at sidroth.org, S-I-D-R-O-T-H dot O-R-G. Be sure to ask for offer number 9469. Once again, that's offer number 9469. 